getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by Sea Geek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the Giants have added some free agents. They signed the linebacker from the Colts, Bobby O'Karakee. They signed a defensive lineman from the Bucks, Raheem Nunez-Roches. And Sterling Shepard's back. Nick Gates is gone. And some special teams moves. Matt Breida's back. Justin, I think we've seen our one splash signing for the Giants. And I don't think there's going to be any huge other signings. Okay. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, as of now, I think, I think I'm okay with that. I kind of am expecting there to be some sort of move at wide receiver, whether that is bringing Slayton back, whether that is like Paris Campbell. It was surprising, maybe not surprising, to see no wide receivers come back. There still is a a number thirteen that's floating around there that that may be back. Um, but regardless. We'll talk about that as it comes. Bobby Skinner, the New York football giants are a better football team today than they were yesterday. And that is great news to me. So let's talk about it. Yeah, we're going to start with Bobby O'Karrake. But first, this episode was brought to you by a couple special people. Chris Monchal, who he actually joined the World Beater tier. How about that? So did Pete Benedetto from last week. And then just John. Regular old John. Like my, like he's, his name is like my old bo- uh, boss's name is saved in my phone. Just John. Dear John. Who are these people, Justin? They went to patreon.com slash talk giants. Two hours a month plus month of tears. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. It is 1226 a.m. on March 14th right now. And we're recording this show and we're talking about the Giants. And we got like, I don't know, like 20 people in here kind of hanging out with us. And we're all reacting to Bobby O'Karrake being a pretty good linebacker uh, for the Giants. And he's going to be a good linebacker for the Giants. We certainly hope. Patreon.com slash talk of Giants. Uh, there's some other tiers. There's some other perks to it, too. You know the drill. Thank you. Love you. Yeah, the Giants spent four years, $40 million, with $22 million guaranteed on the Giants' weakest position on the roster. Like, linebacker was, without a doubt, the weakest position on the roster. You can argue, like, the biggest need the team may, may have needed to be a wide receiver one. But linebacker is weak, and they signed Bobby Okereke from the Colts, who's six foot one, 235 pounds. Justin, he'll be 26 when the season starts. Um... Linebacker market was kind of all over the place today. Some guys getting much less. Tremaine Edmonds got 18 and a half, close to Roquan Smith's deal. This deal kind of lines up in the middle of where you saw them. And we knew the Giants were going to spend money on linebacker. We flat out knew. If there was one position we knew we were going to spend it on, it was going to be linebacker. Because one, there was guys that were available, and it was such a weak position. And Okereke, Justin, he is an athlete at the position. He plays fast. He's a he is a good linebacker. Like he's not he's not a great run defender. He's a good run defender. I think with room to grow. Um, and honestly, people will bring up his coverage as a negative, and and some people did to me. And you look at his PFF stats and like gave up all these catches. I am very impressed by his coverage skills. I mean, go check out the breakdown that's out now, um, Justin. This is a good player. He's not a defense changer. But he kind of is for the Giants because their linebacker position was so weak. This is a signing that you know that you have Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams up front. Plus, you have some edge rushers that you've put some significant draft investments to, knowing that they could take care of their business up front. Because really, Bobby, the the main question that I have about Okereke is, can he be a Mike linebacker? Because 
Okereke's the kind of guy where I'm a sucker for the athlete. I'm a sucker for the guys that can run downhill, the guys that can run sideline to sideline, the guys that can run up like a bat out of hell, and then they're they're good in the open field and they deliver those hits. We saw Karaki deliver, you know, a hit to Saquon Barkley, you know, when Barkley catches a screen, you know, in the on that January 1st game. Um, you know, we we've seen these highlight plays from Okereke, but really my main question is, can he be the Mike linebacker that the Giants are looking for? But he's an exciting player and without a doubt, he is 150%, 200% an upgrade over, you know, what we had last year at the Mike linebacker spot. Um, and we did it at an affordable price too. I think the Blake Martinez deal was three years, thirty million dollars, uh, with nineteen million dollars in guarantees. So this is another year added on, except the guarantees are around the same amount. So this may this may even be a two year deal and a deal that we can get out after two years. We don't exactly know yet, but good deal for the Giants and Joe Shane. Yeah, and he's not the same player that Blake Martinez. Um was when the uh for the Giants you know and he can grow Blake Martinez grew a good amount for when he joined the Giants in 2020 but again with the cap going up so much since then it's been three years since that deal happened to get the same amount of average annual value is like you know it's like a six seven million dollar deal to win and in that market um you know and I, I thought the Giants would have to break the bank a little more than than this at linebacker even though there was a lot of linebackers out there I I did think that they'd have to break the bank a little more. Um, let's let's talk about him as a player and and the positives and all the negatives. Like you said, he is fast. He's an athlete of a linebacker. He's not Roquan Smith fast, but he's fast. Like at, there will be no athletic limitations into his game. How does he do versus the run, which is the number one job by, for a linebacker by a mile? That is the most important thing. Uh the positive is that, like you said, he can use his speed. He can get into gaps. When he's in space, he works really well. You know, when you're playing a zone team, he's gonna like he's not gonna be the quickest guy in the world to diagnose it, but he diagnoses it fairly quick and he gets downhill and he's gonna, you know, like watch the Titans game film of that game. He was getting in the backfield consistently and, and giving Derrick Henry some issues. Uh, and and he's a solid tackler too. Like he's not a guy that's gonna miss tackles either. Like he's got good bend to dip if you need him to. Here's where I do worry about him a little bit, not a ton, because it wasn't major. Because he still ended up being in the right place at the right time. But when you are facing all these counters and stuff like that, which the Giants struggled with, he is not amazing at diagnosing that and being ahead of the play. And that's why his tackle for loss numbers are six and three over the last two years is because he's not going to make the wrong decision on there, but he's not really going to telegraph it and be ahead of the play on those, which to get run stops on those, those are where you need to be. Yeah. And, you know, so here's some stats. He was tied for 16th in run stops. And these two metrics are according to PFF. So tied for 16th in run stops. He was 21st in run stop rate. Um, and then this is according to Next Gen Stats. Uh, Okereke generated 75 defensive stops in 2022. That was tied for 10th most among linebackers. And if you want a little context, Giants linebackers combined for 87 defensive stops last season, 19 fewer than any other defense. So, I mean, overall, where, where the Giants' biggest W comes, again, I want, I want to, I want to state this again. The Giants' biggest W comes is that they don't have to overpay for a number one linebacker who is in the prime of his career. You know, I think he's going to be turning 27 by the time the season starts. 
So again, I'll, I'll, I will throw I will throw this question to you because I agree with everything that you said. Fast sideline to sideline, I'm a sucker for it. There's going to be some highlight plays that Okereke is going to have, especially in this Wink Martindale defense that really prioritizes speed. They prioritize speed everywhere, and this even I think he, this even includes you know their their other free agent signing, Raheem Nunez Rochez. He's a fast defensive lineman at the interior uh, you know, spot. So here's my question to you about Okereke: Can he be? A Mike linebacker. We know he could fly sideline on the sideline, but can he win in a phone booth when he needs to? Yes. Again, he's not going to go like he is not the strongest guy in the world. You know, he's six foot one, two hundred thirty-five pounds. That's a small frame for a Mike linebacker. So there is times where he gets beat, but he's not. He's not going to get bullied. There is times where all like he's and he's not going to stun offensive linemen with his strength. Like when offensive linemen can get in decent positioning on him and get good placement. He can struggle to get off those blocks, but he's not going to get like pushed around and bullied. But he will get banged around if that makes any sense. You know where he's not going to like he's not going to stack and shed uh, offensive linemen. Which again, I think that's where like Blake Martinez set himself clearly apart. I, I know we're referencing Blake Martinez, but it's basically the only good Giants linebacker we've had in five years or so. So I want I do want to use him as a reference point in that. Um, so again, he's he's. Not the highest IQ linebacker in the world where he's diagnosing stuff like crazy, but when he's playing the zone, he can get fast downhill, works well in space, and he's he's not he's not gonna get bullied, but he's not gonna bully offensive alignment either. Like he's ne- he's never gonna bring the pop to an offensive alignment, and that and that shows up consistently. Yeah, because all the traits that we've talked about, Okereke is of one of like a will linebacker. And he has played Mike Linebacker, uh, especially as Darius Leonard basically missed all of this year. So he has played both Will and the Mike. But that's like the biggest thing for the Giants is that, you know, Tay Crowder, fine as a weak side backer. Micah McFadden, fine as a weak side backer. They had all these guys that were okay and fine as weak side backers, but just none of them fit that Mike Linebacker spot. So I'm hoping that Okereke can be that for the Giants. And I, and I think he can be. I think he can be, especially when you have such a good and powerful interior defensive line like the Giants like the Giants do. It also doesn't put the, them out of linebacker, you know, drafting that position early in the draft. No. Um so I mean there's that too. Do you want to move on to like talk about him as a coverage player? Yeah, I do because really the the first thing that I want to talk about too. We talked about fast he is long uh, athletic, but I want to talk about how long he is. His arms are 30, he has a 34 and a half, 34 and a half inch wingspan, 98th percentile arms. So I'm surprised to hear that he has a little bit of difficulty shedding blocks because at least in my brain, you know, I think if you can get some separation, if you can get some, you know, length away from an offensive lineman, you know, maybe they can have a difficulty getting into your chest and getting control. So the arm length doesn't show up there. But where it does show up, I think, is in coverage when he's going up and making a play on a football or whether he's making a tackle or whether, you know, he's he's deflecting a pass. That's where the arm length really shows up in coverage. So in man coverage, like um, he if he's playing the flats like he is, he's pretty golden, man. Like for the most part in that Giants game versus the Colts, which, by the way, he seemed like to be the only player for the Colts to show up in that game. He was basically put on stop Saquon Barkley duty in the, in the passing game which you know that if you want to remember back that's when the Giants started using Saquon in the swing like those swing passes a lot more Saquon had two catches for negative five yards 
the one catch that didn't lose yards, it wasn't he wasn't uh, on him. I think he was actually he was on the uh, I think he was blitzing on that play. Um, he totally stopped those. Like he was quick to get over there and shut those down. When they did run the screen play, he was able to sniff it out, and he does and he does sniff out screen plays consistently. That showed up all over playing uh, the Titans playing the Patriots. Like when you do try and throw some like trickeration, like the Patriots ran a draw play, negative five yard tackle for a loss, like saw it from a mile away. Um, he like totally shut that down, and then in the breakdown uh, that I did on him, the those little flare out routes that running back front, he was all over those. On a, and I watched specifically on third downs because a lot of what the Colts did, because you're gonna see, you're gonna look at his PFF stats and see he gave up a lot of completions. A lot of what the Colts did was letting linebackers like letting the stuff happen in front of you, but on third down. It's like you got to defend the sticks. And he would be putting man coverage on those flare routes playing the flats. And he, like, consistently was able to get on glue on those guys and undercut them. You know, he had an interception on Mac Jones in 2021 doing that. And he had multiple pass, uh, passes defended against, like, Dontre Hilliard of the Titans, who killed the Giants in the receiving yeah. game. Ramondre um, Stevenson, you mentioned Mac Jones and the Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson, one of the best receiving backs in the game, had a nice pass deflection where he got to show off those, those long arms, making some diving plays. There are some wow plays that O'Karaki has in coverage for sure. Yeah, and 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 man coverage too. You know, there was a play of the Titans uh, where they actually completed it to um, Austin Hooper on this over route. Like he played really good coverage. Just Tannehill made a great throw and it was back yeah. shoulder. Um, like so he and and he was at even before he opened up his hips with Hooper to run at five yards of depth. So like in man coverage, like he can be trusted. Now you're not going to have him covering tight ends and receivers in man coverage, obviously, but no, no, most linebackers when they're in man coverage, they're covering running backs and he did well versus some good receiving backs and Saquon Barkley being included. And then when he is just in flat out like zone coverage, spot drop, play curl hook, middle of the field. I thought he did a good job to close windows off. You know, like the one bad play in the three games of film I did on him was actually Isaiah Hodge. It was Isaiah Hodgins, where he was essentially manned up on Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins faked out, and that was like that 20-yard catch that Hodgins had in that game. Uh, but, like, he knows what to do. You know, versus the Titans, they ran a mesh concept. He had a dropped interception in there where he totally baited Tannehill to get his hands on the ball. So I know like you're going they're going to look at PFF stats of coverage but I am very excited about his coverage. He's not Fred Warner or anything like that. But like Wink Martindale prioritizes that with his linebackers and Okarik he does a good job with it. And it seems like with coverage stats with linebackers especially team driven. Yeah, I was yeah, I was just about to say it's about what the defense is asking the linebacker to do. And Okereke was, you know, this is again, this is another next gen, uh, next gen graphic that came out. Um, he was tested often in 2022. He faced the most targets of any linebacker in the National Football League. And it's very clear based on film that it was either, okay, you're going to be following a tight end. You're going to be following a running back. And, you know, they didn't they didn't necessarily put that like extra safety on the field. The Colts did put that extra safety on the field. And his job was to follow like a Saquon Barkley, uh, like a uh, a Ramondre Stevenson. That was that was O'Karaki's job. So he, most targets of any linebacker in the National Football League last year, according to the next gen. And he held his own. Um, O'Karaki allowed minus two point three receptions over expected, which is really, really good. And five point nine yards per target which again i i think i think that's pretty solid and just based on uh, the eye test and seeing his ability to make plays on the football and make plays on receivers you know limit yards after the catch come up make a tackle and with his speed 
Um, I'm not concerned. I, I think cover, coverage abilities of linebackers, I agree with Bobby. I think that's an overblown talking point, especially when you talk about free agency or the draft or how you evaluate this player. But with O'Carrigy, I think it's a strength. And I don't envision Wink Martindale really putting him in compromising situations. But if there is a running back that maybe we don't want Xavier McKinney covering this speedy running back out of the backfield, kind of like we did last year with McCaffrey. If there's a game where maybe there is a running back that's borderline, should we put a safety on him or not? We could feel confident putting O'Karrake on him and Xavier McKinney can continue to play safety wherever he needs to play safety. Yeah, I don't think Dontre Hilliard goes off the same way if you had O'Karrake on the film. No, not at all. You're able to do, like you said, use McKinney differently versus Christian McCaffrey with a guy like O'Karrake, you know, and and he's a show to be a good open field tackler too in those situations. Like a lot of his tackle, like again, his tackle for loss numbers aren't very good. He only has nine over the last two years, um, which is not horrible, but a lot of those came on passing plays, you know. Um, and kind of, you know, he was able to show off his speed and range in those. So Okereke, good linebacker signing, fairly re- like a, a reasonable deal. Um, you know, obviously got more than guys like TJ Edwards. I'm not going to sit here and act like I did film breakdowns on all these free agent linebackers. Um, but a, re- a very reasonable deal in the year of 2023. In a position of dire need like you yeah, said they start. had to they could not go into this into this uh you know after post draft and not have a linebacker and even if we drafted a linebacker early i want someone sol- i want someone good next to that player too so instead of having you know mikey mcfadden and, and uh, jared davis next to them and i think we're learning more about how joe shane and maybe this is wink martindale too i guarantee you wink martindale and you know and his staff they're they're ultimately a, a part of this process too. We're learning more about the type. There's types of players, right? There's types of players that these guys are going to look for. These guys are going to sign. These guys are going to draft. These guys are going to prioritize. You know, and we're sitting there wondering, you know, our draft stream last year, man, Leo Chanel's fallen. Why aren't they taking Leo Chanel? Why aren't they taking Leo Chanel? Why aren't they taking Leo Chanel? He's like probably like the best, you know, Mike linebacker in this entire draft class. You know, I'm talking pure Mike linebacker, a pure Mike linebacker. Maybe they're not going to go for those types, like the Blake Martinez types. Maybe they're not going to go for those guys that, you know, uh, they're not slow, but they're not fast. And I really think this, this defense and what Joe Shane's looking for, what Wink Martindale's looking for, I think they're looking for speed, 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 and if you can go fast. I think that's what they're looking for out of their linebackers. Doesn't matter if you're a Mike or if you're a Will. Yeah, and then coverage is, is going to be prioritized. You ready to move on to Raheem Nunez Roches? Um, yes, I am ready to move on. All right, the Giants added another player uh, to their team, and that is Raheem Nunez Roches, who was a defensive lineman for the Bucks the last four years. Thirty, he's going to be thirty years old when the season starts. Six foot two, three hundred seven pounds. He is a run stopping defensive tackle. They gave him three years, twelve million dollars, which is obviously four years per year, four, four years per year, four million per year, um, with seven and a half million dollars guaranteed. So essentially means a two year and out after two years. Um, had 33 tackles, five tackles for loss this year. The year before, 17 tackles, three tackles for loss. He actually started 10 games for the Bucks this past season. Um, John Ledger, who covers the Bucks, like kind of did a tweet about him, and I was like, "Oh, does it, let me go watch the film and see if it matches." It matches pretty much identical. Uh, he is a good athlete for the defensive tackle spot. 
you know, which the Giants haven't really had as their depth pieces. You know, it's been the Danny Shelton, Justin Ellis types. Even Nick Williams isn't some great athlete. Uh, so what he does well is he gets off the ball quick. Like he, he did no wasted motion. He has good footwork. Like he gets off the ball well and he fires into offensive lineman's chest and he's able to extend and kind of steer offensive linemen. I put out some on the film breakdown, some reps of that. Um, and if you are playing a team that pulls a lot, like go, go watch the Ravens game where they pulled, pulled, pulled. Like he did a good job of getting into those guys' chest, steering them, and then jumping gaps when he needed to, like what you have to do versus those teams. Um, but he is very much a person who fights through the offensive lineman, and he's not going to get these quick initial wins. Um, like he's not going to be a guy who like makes the guard look silly, make a tackle in the backfield. He's very much, I'm going to fire into your chest and try and control you and make a run stop that way, you know, depending on which lane the running back goes through. Um, and that's kind of the way he plays. So he is, he is, you know, a high energy, like run defending depth piece, obviously. And I think with this contract, he's probably going to be the third guy, you know, on, on the team, like after Dex and, and Leonard Williams, you know, I, I don't, I don't think they should go and spend more money on depth and defensive tackle position. You know, like I think you could get a minimum guy and hopefully you get somebody in the draft and develop because that's a position you can develop with some later picks. Um, but this is, I, I hate saying this is an upgrade because upgrade isn't a high standard for the Giants at this position. Um, but it is an upgrade. Yeah, I, I, I like the signing. Um, high motor, plays to the whistle. Uh, I don't He's think there's ever... Jihad Ward of defense alignment. Yeah. More yeah. more athletic for his spot, though. Yeah, I was I was about... I definitely think he's a little bit more a- athletic for sure. Um, I don't think there's ever going to be any plays where he just beats somebody's ass off the ball and he just makes this big play in the backfield. No, it um, doesn't happen. But... He's not going to be as much. I know these guys play different positions, like Justin Ellison, Danny Shelton. Everybody wants to compare this guy to this guy to them. I mean, he Justin- plays nose tackle quite a bit. You know, like he plays mostly the three tech, but he he got a decent amount of nose tackle reps too. He's not going to be as much of a liability against the run as those guys were. Justin Ellison, Danny Shelton, whenever they were on the field, despite their size and you know, we thought that Danny Shelton was going to be a little bit sneaky, athletic, despite their size and whatever. I mean, they were just. I would. I would roll my eyes every time they were on the field and be like, "Okay, well, we're going to allow five yards here." And really, the main job of Raheem Nunez Rochez is to help the run defense not be an absolute disaster when Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are off the field. Um, and, I, and credit, I just shot Doug Analytics a tech, uh, uh, DM today and was like, "Can you just give me the stats of Dex and Leo off the field and how he did?" So when Dexter Lawrence was off the field, the Giants allowed 6.86 yards per carry. When Leonard Williams was, was off the field, we allowed 5.47 yards per carry. I know the Giants' run defense was bad when they both were on the field too, but those numbers are probably worse than, than the yards per carry that we allowed when those guys were when both those guys were on the field together. So really that's 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 Nunez Rochez's Nacho. That's his main job, is that Get Dexter, get Dexter Lawrence, get Leonard Williams off the field that when they can have a break and a rest so they don't have to play 85, 90% of the snaps every single game, when either of those guys or both of those guys are off the field, you got to step up. You got to make plays against the run. At least hold your gap, not get your ass kicked. And maybe every once in a while, make actually a run stop. That's your main job. And I think he could do it. 
Yeah, and that's kind of only the only thing he's going to be asked to do. You know, and obviously the Giants want to get better facing counters, which again they really, really struggle with that, and that's that's a strength of Raheem Nunes Roches. Um, he does struggle with double teams, but we saw with Justin Ellis and Danny Shelton that being 360 pounds doesn't really necessarily help you with double teams, even though he, you know he is kind of lighter, especially if he's playing the nose tackle spot. I wouldn't really want to put him out at five technique ever. That's when he also really struggles is like the tackles. Like the guys with long arms will give him issues, but when he's facing guards and centers, the guys who are going to have shorter arms, that's when he's able to fire into their chest and extend and kind of steer them. But anytime he was up against a tackle and they have, you know, not the, don't have to be the strongest tackles in the world, but they got those long arms. They were able to land on him. They were able to move him around. And then obviously double teams gave him issues too. Um, and the, the biggest negative is he adds zero pass rush value. Like, he is, he will run into a play here or there. Like, he's not Justin Ellis where he won't get a sack for eight years of playing uh, consistently, <laughs> but he also doesn't get sacks. Like, he had two this year. I think he had one um, two years before. I don't think he had any others in his career. Um, every once in a while, he'll work a cross chop. He had a, a, a big sack versus the Rams, but. Once he's got hands on him in the past game, which happens, like he's very much like a, he's an aggressive type of defense alignment. So when pass pro is passive and they're able to, you know, sit back and, and get hands on him, he's just done. Like he doesn't have the leg strength to really push the pocket either. Um, he is a, he is a zero in the pass rush game. He's kind of stiff. Is it just me watching him? Like he's fast as he is athletic as his first step is really fun. It's the first step or nothing. He is stiff yeah. once once you get once he gets connected after those first couple steps. Yeah, and if he doesn't have total control, of the offensive line is like breastplate. Yeah, and a, a little little cool nugget that Doug Analytics, uh, you know, uh, came up with uh, Nunez Roches. Fifty two percent of his snaps came from two defense alignment formation, and then Bucks used two def- two defense alignment formations fifty eight percent of the time. I feel like that's where the Giants are trending. The Giants are trending towards having more outside linebackers, more edge rushers on the field at one time. Um, so then hopefully when we get to those passing situations, or, or even even on early downs, the Giants want to put more linebackers. And again, they want to put more speed, more speed out in the field. So hopefully the way that the season goes, just health-wise, hopefully Leo and Dex are, are healthy. Maybe we add another guy in the draft that's maybe ahead on the depth chart. I don't see that coming this year, but... Hopefully Nunez Rochez is at a point where he's never being asked to consistently be out there on passing downs and passing situations. I mean, anytime it was like a, this is most likely a pass situation, the Bucks took him off the field. Yeah. Like they would not put him on the field in passing situations. So if it was third down, he was never on the field. Like there's no third downs and fives that he's on the field. If it's two minute drill, they wouldn't, I don't care how much of a blow these other guys ahead of him needed. They wouldn't put him on the field. Um, so he's not going to add you anything there. Um, any Anything else on Nunes Roches? Uh, I'm really excited for this one particular taco. instance and play. Did I say taco? I said nacho before. It's it's not taco. Or, yeah, not ta- that was really bad. It's nacho. My bad. <laughs> I was like, did I get it wrong? Um, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for, for, for nacho. I'm excited for this one specific instance and one specific play. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. This is the only time where I could see him blowing up a play is when he's on the outside shoulder of an offensive lineman and they have to reach block and they have to get on the other side of his head. 
because they're not yeah, going to get there. Yeah, because he's got the quick first step. Which they're is, not going to get there. Which is needed. Obviously, yeah, their depth with their nobody on the Giants' defensive lineman depth-wise after yeah. Dex and Leo that did well in that. So, so um, that's where he's really going to cause chaos. Um, I'm also I'm happy with this signing. Maybe maybe a slight overpay, but I mean it's I'm not going to lose my mind over it. It's really um, not though with the defensive tackle market. Like yeah. it, it's we got to get kind of used to these numbers. The defensive tackle market is insane, and it's kind of gone that way the last couple of years. Dalvin just got four years, fifty-seven million. Yeah. Is that what Dalvin I mean, got from the Browns? Yeah, I mean, uh, Austin Johnson got what? Two, like 20 mil last year. BJ Hill got uh, three years, 30 mil. Yeah. Um, the defensive tackle market is insane. But again, I, I'm, I'm happy with this because there's some like national media, you know, and I, I've been ta- I've been given a lot of props to the the athletics football show. Um, you know, they they talked about uh, Nunez Roches. They talked about Nacho as like an underrated interior defense alignment piece. Um, towards the end of like their free agency, their free agency preview episode, and apparently, you know, uh, Nacho's got some spunk in his personality, which this regime seems to take seriously. Um, vibes, guys, locker room guys, Jihad Ward, Sterling Shepard, they seem to really enjoy guys that have some spunk in their character, and you know they they could be good locker room guys. So, welcome to New York, Nacho. Welcome to New York, Nacho. <laughs> All right, Justin, why don't you talk to us about something, and we're going to need it because we had to say goodbye to a friend. Oh, no. Oh, no. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, if there is ever somebody that you need to say goodbye to, whether is, is this a breakup? This this No, it's, does it feel like a breakup, or does it feel like we're losing a loved one? It feels like we're losing a loved one because we still love them. We still do. We're losing a loved one because we still love him. And what what hurts is that we're losing a loved one, yet he's like coming back from the dead and we'll still see him like twice a year, which is crazy, <laughs> which is crazy. And the idea is like he wants to play on the field. He broke his leg. Like, yeah, as long as Billy Price isn't throwing defensive linemen <laughs> through his leg, I think he'll be OK. I don't think it was the field's fault that Billy Price just tossed the dude through his leg anyways. And I think re- a, a, a three year deal with probably two years of guaranteed money, uh, I think that does some... Uh, that does some good too. So this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing and life keeps throwing curve balls at us. You know, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option almost as great as Nick Gates. It's just convenient. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash talking giants today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash talking giants. You'll be glad you did. Bobby, before we talk about Nick Gates, we we always do this. It's it's late. You know, we're, we're tired. You've been doing film breakdowns all day. I want a vibes check. Speaking of vibes, guys and locker room guys, I we I, I'm trying to do this as a show more often. Instead of just giving analysis, well, how do we actually feel? Day one of free agency is over. The Giants added their two new pieces. How do you feel? Good. I wanted linebacker. If there was one position, it's like they're going to spend money linebacker, and I didn't want to be an overpay like. There was every year in free agency, and it's 
probably like a 20% minority. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> and it's like, that's just not how it works. I even, I even went and looked at the times the Giants signed James Bradbury, Kenny Galladay, and Mark Lewinsky. The Galladay year was a little different because we, it was like five days without any big signings. But it's like those the signings usually happen like at seven or eight o'clock in the afternoon. And those, and that's what happened with the Giants again today. Um, so again, I don't want them going out there and giving out a ton of contracts. Never wanted that, but I did want a linebacker, and they got him on a good deal. Defensive line depth, good deal. Again, not expecting much out of him, but good deal. And we'll we'll see what happens. Wide receiver is the biggest question mark on how that is addressed. Like that's that is the biggest question mark for the Giants as they finish this free agency and go into the draft. So no wide both- receivers have signed at time of this recording either. No, no, which is which is kind of kind of crazy. Like not even one. Um, there wasn't even a team that did a uh, did a Dave Gettleman. Oh, I'm just going to go and get Devontae Booker as the first as the first move of free agency type of thing. Um, do we both agree that Blake Martinez at the time that he signed with the Giants? Oh, this is an inter- interesting question. At the time that he signed with the Giants, at they signed with the Giants. Who's a better football player, Blake Martinez or Bobby O'Karrake? Blake. I'd agree with that. Blake was under... I don't think people realize how bad of a defensive coordinator Mike Patton was for the Packers and how bad of situations they put Blake Martinez in. But again, he if I know it's they're both $10 million a year, but again, we're three years later into this. So, like, it's a, it's a cheaper deal. Yeah, I think it's... I, I think the biggest W with the O'Karrake signing is the fact that how cheap that they got a... A good linebacker. There, there isn't a lot of good linebackers, and there, especially there isn't a lot of good Mike linebackers in the NFL. It's like it's like an NFL problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm glad glad they got that done. Let's let's talk Nick Gates. Let's talk Nick Gates. Signed with the Commanders, three years, five and uh, you know, uh, uh, sixteen and a half mil can be up to eighteen mil. So it comes in a little less than what the Giants gave Mark Lewinsky. So a fair deal for him. Uh, obviously, he gets to train and play football this year. Obviously, we were a little sourced up on this one. I didn't expect the Giants to match that, but I am a little frustrated that they basically offered him the minimum and said we're not willing to negotiate it, and we want you as a utility. You can't like we're not going to let you like work at center. Like they didn't want him at all, and we'll see what happens with John Feliciano. Like, I wasn't saying bring back Gates as a starting center. Like, maybe you could draft a center. Maybe there's a center in free agency that you think's good, and that changes everything. You know, we're talking about, ah, how can you be mad about a guy like Shep being back? Like, I, Gates Gates was a, a guy that deserved more than the minimum contract. I mean, he was a good center in 2020, broke his leg, came back, was up and down at guard. When he did get to play center, he was good at center. And now he find, he gets he gets an off season to actually train and play football, and he's much younger than John Feliciano. And maybe Feliciano's not back. We'll see. Um, but I would have liked there to have been at least somewhat of an effort to re-sign him, even though I don't think they were ever going to match what Washington gave him. Yeah, and we and we like know that. Yeah, we like know that the Giants did not want to negotiate with him, and they only offered him the minimum, which which does suck. Um, like you want to talk about bad way, bad way of going about things, and treating your guys right. And I get Nick Gates isn't necessarily their guy, but Sterling Shepard is not, is not the Giants guy. Joe Shane didn't draft him. Joe Shane didn't, you know, give him his first contract extension. 
So um, I think that sucks. I think that's a bad way of going about things. Uh, a guy that, you know, people really love Nick Gates. Uh, guys in the locker room love Nick Gates. Um, and obviously we fans really love Nick Gates too. And I think he deserved more than what he was given by the Giants. Yeah, and part of this is an emotional response because Nick Gates is our guy. Like, you know, from the start of Talking Giants till now, like me and Danny King were talking about in 2019 preseason. When Patricia Trainer gave me an opportunity to write in 2019, my first piece was on that his first start against the Jets. He played well, and they, but in the Commanders, if any team knows Nick Gates, it is the Commanders. Not just because he got injured on the field, but like he played well at tackle versus them in 2019. Yeah, you know, and then they saw him at center uh, in 2020, and then he started both games this past season, right? So they have a good idea. They they need some help on that offensive line. Um, but also, let's but, be realistic about things. Where would you rank Nick Gates on an interior offensive line power ranking right now? Bredesen was better than him. Number one. Okay. Azudu to be invested in more. Okay. And then it's Gates. And then it's Gates. And then he's over he's over Glowinski. Yeah, but Glowinski was always going to come back. The question is, what do they do at center right now? Like even if they even if they draft someone, they'd need to have a veteran backup, whether that's John Feliciano or a name we're not thinking of. And I like I don't I don't know. Like what what do you what do you think their plan? What does anyone have a good read on what their plan of attack is at center? Like is John, if John Feliciano is starting at center week one, are you surprised at all? No. But you know, you know what? But you know what? I would prefer it's it's March fourteenth, right? I mean, they they could go out, they can make a move. They could sign um, Ryan Kelly for all we know. They could draft somebody fine with it. Like I, I hey, I'm I'm really thrilled if John if John Michael Schmitz is a giant, right? Um But March 14th, my plan is even if you bring back Feliciano, I want Ben Bredesen at center. Yeah, possibly. I just want to have someone who can just play center, though. Like I'm tired of musical like let someone play freaking center. Yeah. Um and, and Washington and- is gonna give Gates that opportunity, we think. Yeah, yeah, they that was a part of their pitch to him is they wanted him to play center. Um, so we all love Nick Gates. Whether despite what your opinion might be on in his play, like because obviously he didn't come in and light the world up this year when he came back from the injury. You know, he wasn't the same player he was in twenty twenty, even though you know he didn't get an off season to train. Uh, we everyone loves Nick Gates, besides like one percent who want to be edgy and 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 not. But yeah, we we all love Nick Gates. He's a dude. He's the man, the most down to earth player that's been on the Giants player team. So, all love Nick Gates. First player to tweet out talking Giants versus the world? Question mark. Yeah, def. Yeah, yeah. He definitely was. Yeah. Wore shirts in the press conferences too, which was like that was kind of cool. That was like a um, moment. That was like a whoa moment. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so obviously we have a little more of an emotional connection with Gates, but. Uh, Part of that emotional connection is like we watched him become good in front of our eyes. Yeah, correct. Um, like the reason he like the reason we he liked us is because we talked about him being good. That's typically how connections start with players, at least on our end. Is that hey, we like you, we're gonna talk good about you because we genuinely like you as a player, and then they see it, and then and then oh, we'll like. We'll continue to like you. Yeah, if you're we don't good. think you're good, we won't try and make a connection with you because it's like I, it's like it's like if. A bad player like said something about us. It's like, eh. it's like I want to kind of shit on you. 
Like when Julian Love tweeted out talking Giants the day versus the world the day after I ranted on like how he didn't deserve the most underrated award. <laughs> it was like that that's this is awkward. Yeah. All right, Sterling Shepard's back, 30 years old, minimum contract with uh, per-game incentives. It's a minimum contract. So, it's a minimum contract, so you really you can't complain about it. That was the like that was our talking point. Like if he comes back, it has to be on a minimum contract and it can't be a penny more. Vibes guy, he's a good wide receiver when he's playing. Now the injuries are piling up like crazy. And at some point this guy does have to retire. No matter how good for the locker room he is, at some point Sterling Shepard's going to have to retire and 30 years playing till 30 years old is a good run in the NFL. Here is my question to you. And this this should be the Sterling Shepard conversation that no one else is happening. What is the plan for Sterling Shepard? Because it can't be the same plan as last offseason where it's like rehab and then come back and then you're a starting wide receiver. Like the the plan has to for him to be like the fourth or fifth wide receiver because you can't rely on him. You can't go through another offseason and training camp of him rehabbing. You know, we'll see what he comes back. And again, every there there hasn't been a season he hasn't missed games since what? His first year or second year or whatever it was? The injuries <sighs> Are piling injuries up are even, getting worse. They're bigger and yeah. Know, I was be- about to say injuries. you're saying the injuries are piling up, but they were piling up before they really started to pile up. They were piling up before he started missing entire seasons. Now he's been, now he's had two two seasons back to back where he's had season ending injuries. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is, man. Uh, it, it's cool that he's back. He's the longest tenure giant. When he's out on the field, he's bad system proof. He's like the only player since. He's 20. really good when he's back on the field, but he's missed 34 games over the last four seasons. Sterling Shepard, if he stayed healthy last year, would have been awesome. Like he's a, he perfectly fits. So I get it. It's just how do you plan with a guy where it's like no matter what, it's like he's gonna be in, like do you play him 10 to 15 snaps a game? Like that feels like a weird role for someone who's as good as Sterling Shepard is. But it's like if he's again these soft tissue these tissue injuries are becoming like really bad. You know he's and. He's had season-ending injuries in two of his last four games played. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a tweet the other day where I incorrectly tweeted out um, all of the wide receivers currently on the roster. So here are the wide receivers currently on the roster: Isaiah Hodgins. You don't even have to count futures when people are like Makai Poke. It's it's all, you know, act. It's Isaiah Hodgins, Wondell Robinson, and Colin Johnson. Isaiah, I'll just we'll, we'll do we'll do all of them regardless of futures deals. Or, 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 no, not futures deals. Isaiah Hodgins, you can rely on him. Cool. Wando Robinson coming off a season-ending injury. Sterling Shepard coming off a season-ending injury. Colin Johnson coming off a season-ending injury. Khalil Pimpton never has played an NFL game. David Sills doesn't exist. Those are the Giants' wide receivers that are you currently forgot on the roster. Oh, Makai, Polk, and then even Jaden Mickens. Thank you to Research Rick for reminding me or, or, of, or of teaching me who those who those names are and that they you exist. You should have known Makai Polk. He was on the practice squad all year long. Tough. Um, tough for Makai Polk, tough for me. Yeah, I don't know what, the, I don't know what their plan is. This year. I don't know what their plan is. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I'm <laughs> I'm for bringing back Sterling Shepard. I just – I don't. what's, what's going to be the role for a guy who is – you can't rely on him because – He's having major injuries, and you're not even getting, like the offseason. You know, we'll see when he get, comes back in camp, but it's just it's it's scary, and it sucks because he's been so good, and and he is a great like leader of the team. But 
he's just he's always injured and the injuries have gotten not even more frequently but worse there are five wide receivers on the Giants who have like gotten NFL playing time David Sills is one of them so again he doesn't exist so there's I guess there's technically four there's four wide receivers that have gotten legitimate playing time that are on the Giants roster right now three out of the three out of four of them are coming off of season-ending injuries so yeah, wide receiver is a huge. I mean, like we said earlier in the pod, wide receiver is a huge question mark. It's not even just a huge question. I mean, people are talking about wide receiver one, which I gu- I guarantee you this is the Giants' mentality this offseason. Like they're not dumb; they know they need a wide receiver one. But I mean, freaking forget wide receiver one. They need bodies. <laughs> they need they need people with pulses that can play wide receiver. That's what they need more th- more than a wide receiver one. That's what the Giants need right now. Well, they don't need a backup running back because the Giants re-signed Matt Breida uh, to a, a deal, $2.3 million, including incentives. I would assume it's more of the min- more of the minimum with some incentives, like if, if he starts games and play, gets significant carries. Uh, we didn't get the full details on that yet. Uh, I, I think this is a good, good re-signing. I like Matt Breida. Um, he had some very important reps when they ran two back sets, especially on third down when they ran the wild card. Like his speed is very valuable. You can't teach that type of speed. Um, and again, he like he never really got more than a few carries a game because the Giants were using Saquon Barkley as a workload back. Uh, besides, obviously, the last game of the season. So Matt Breida, I, I like Matt Breida. I think he's a good backup running back um, for most. Like I, I would be fine if we had a. Matt Breida one two tandem with a decent back and not Saquon Bar you know someone as good as Saquon Barkley. I agree. So glad glad Matt Breida's back. I, I don't really have much to add on that. No, I love the speed, um, and I think he even proved that he's not just a speed back. I think there were some times where he showed a little bit of power. You know, was given the given the ball on some sweeps. I think there was like a third and two against Minnesota in the playoffs mm-hmm. that it was like totally. They ran gritty. that play a lot. Yeah, they ran re- that play a lot really gritty um you know i'm I'm still waiting for like a big uh matt breed a 20 plus yard play where he kind of gets to show off that speed a little bit some of the some of the times that he had in san fran but he doesn't get a lot of reps so uh, i feel good that if if and when saquon barkley misses games we got matt breed there and you know he'll, he'll be he'll, matt breed will be part of a a one-two punch maybe with gary brightwell maybe with somebody else um, you know, th- for this year, and I feel solid about that. And if they draft a back, like he's as good as a number three running back as you get in the NFL, and he's getting your number three running back salary too. Yep. Yep. So there's that. All right, special teams update, and then we will end this show. Casey Kreider's back as a long snapper for year four. I love Casey Kreider. I hope he's a Giants long snapper for till he's fifty years old. He's had one bad snap since he's been here. That was the Titans game week one. He is really good like he's an awesome long snapper it's a you you don't notice if you're if you know so if you're not talking about your long snapper you got a really good long snapper Casey Kreider's as good as they come he's a pro bowler he's a pro bowler the gang is back all three of them Graham Gano, Casey Kreider and Jamie Gillian they're all back yeah and they are truly a family Jamie Gillian's back on a two-year four million dollar contract now this people got mad about and I get it, because Jamie Gillian was a bad punter last year, right? He was. And Grump made this point, and I actually went and looked at it to see if he was right. What are the other options? Mm. Brad Pinion, who was like the 18th best punter in net yards per punt, 
Like that's really the only option out there. Like you say, that's better. Uh, all the other, like like Jake Bailey of the of the Pats was worse. Um, I forget. Uh, um, I forget the guy's name. The other guy was worse. Unless you wanted to get like forty year old Tom Morstead, mm. who like who's like yeah, he's probably going to sign with a different team. You really don't have any other options, you know. So Jamie Gillard is not another punter, or what do you want to get? Riley Dixon, he's out there. Like you, you got to have a, you got to have an answer. You can't just get rid of a guy because you don't like him. Yeah, Jamie Gillian was fine. Like he had bad moments. He had the drop punt versus the Eagles. Oh and yeah, stuff. oh yeah. Um, I just real, I, I'm so, I'm so bad with special teams. I'm really glad this is the end of the show. I hate special teams. Yeah, we we all do. But it's just like <laughs> you you I went and looked. It's like there's you gotta have a solution to this. And if your solution is well, we gotta get Brad Pinion, who was the nineteenth best punter in the NFL. I'm like Okay. Like if you have that strong opinion of your punter ranking being different by five, but also being a holder matters and having that uh you know, being good at that. Yeah. No it never never was a single issue with that. Um you know, I think he was good at kickoffs too. So, Jamie Gillian's back. I'm not thrilled about it, but I'm not. I'm not going to bitch and moan about it either. Have a bad punter on the team and incentivizes you to go for fourth down more. That's my mentality. Word up. Word up. All right, Justin. Um, that- no. Uh, is Odell coming back, Bobby? No, that's an episode. <laughs> uh Jerry Judy though possibly like that's kind of been been some rumblings about that and I would be down for it. I won't say at the right price because everyone says at the right price. Well, it's like well anything's good at the right price. Odell like, when I when I sit no J- Jerry Judy. Oh okay. Even with Odell, it's like if he's if he's here on a short term deal and cheap, it's like what in God's green earth do you think he's gonna? He wants a short and cheap deal. Um, so some of the responses to like I would trade a second round pick for Judy was like I'd do it for a third rounder. Well, well third rounder's not getting it done. So just say you don't want Jerry Judy, which is a fine, uh, which is a fine opinion. There's nothing wrong with having that opinion. That was my nickname in high school. Bradley Pinion. Bradley no. opinion. No, short and cheap. Short and cheap. That's an episode. Uh, we will back. We'll be back most likely Friday, unless there is a big splash signing. Then we'll come back earlier. Uh, but most most likely Friday to round up the rest of the Giants free agent signings. We appreciate you. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>